Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. That was I Put a Spell on You from Nina Simone here on Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, on Jazz FM. Good morning and thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues, and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. I have a double act, a big two people Jazz Shapers special here today. I've got Des Gunnar Wardner and David Lowy. They are the co founders of the DD group. Restaurants and hotels are their thing, not just in the UK, but internationally. You'll be hearing lots from them very shortly. In addition to hearing from Des and David, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, a fantastic mix of music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including Ella Fitzgerald, Nancy Wilson, Trombone Shorty and this from bluesman Eric Bibb. Shine On from Eric Bibb. This is Jazz Shapers, as I said, and my business shapers, I'm pleased to say, are Des Gunnar-Wardner and David Lowy, the co-founders of the D&D Restaurant and Hotel Group. They're international, and it's unusual having two of them here, but they are both here because they're both very important people. Des <laughs> and David, as I look at them both, I thank you very much for joining me. Now, thank you with, for uh, inviting uh, us. Nice to be here. Yeah. Excellent. Des, I'm going to start with you. You set this business up how long ago? We set the D&D London business up in 2006 following the buyout of, uh, of the restaurants from Conran. But actually, I've been in the business back in the Conran days since, um, God, it's 1991 when I was working with Terence Conran. He was a chairman, I was the CEO, so that was we worked out of a little flat. Now, I'll give you a, qu- a rundown before we go back to those heady days in the 90s. Name me some of your favourites. Of course, they're all your favourites, yeah, but just yeah. give me a, a few, because you've got many, many restaurants yeah. I mean, in, we, in the we've got, we've got restaurants that people uh, people will know from quite a long time ago. They've been been here for decades, like Le Pond Tour, Bluebird, Cocktail Show in the City. Uh, there's also restaurants that haven't been around quite so long, um, which maybe not everybody knows, like Skylon in the Royal Festival Hall. We've got about 25 in London. Yeah. Uh, we also have one in Leeds, which we're very proud of. Well, two, actually. And we're in Paris, New York, and we have two restaurants in Tokyo. So lots and lots and lots. Now, um, apparently, David, you can tell me if this is true, Des does the, the number stuff, but you make sure that these places look fantastic and work really well. Is that a fair, a fair, a fair yeah, summary? I mean, we work very closely together in yeah. all aspects, but um, I do all the fun stuff, really, working with the chefs, making sure the menus are right, working with, um, with the front of house, I'm um, just making sure that the DNA, that everything's working and, and we evolve and, you know, no day is the same in the restaurant world. So just making sure we're on top of it and our chefs are on top of it and our managers are on top of it. Now, both of you have worked for big organisations and, you know, um, as you worked with Gerald Ronson for many years, uh, David, you've been in the Hyatt Group, I think, and you were the, the food and beverages head over there. When did you both realise you wanted to do your own thing? How, when did it start to bubble 
for both of you? And was it a, a collective thing or were they separate little moments and then you started talking? Uh, I think they were separate moments. I, I worked with uh, Ronson when I was very young, in my 20s. Um, then I worked with Tennis Conran. And actually the decision to to create D&D came really from a, a discussion that I had with Terence because he wanted he really wanted to get out of the, I say get out of the rest so he, he felt that we were really growing fast and probably getting to a size where he felt a little bit more comfortable staying smaller uh, and so he said look why don't you get together with David and uh, Find some backers and uh, buy the restaurant business from from Conrad. So, uh, so it was really it was a the, the realization that that I wanted to, to do something different, uh, something on my own or with David, independent of a bigger company, came from a from a, an evolution mm. of what Terence Conrad wanted to do and what I wanted to do with the business, rather than a an overnight getting up one morning and saying, "Look, I want to do something which is not connected to Conrad anymore." And for you, David, you'd actually left the group. You'd gone and set up the Wolseley, and then this 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 happened. This this moment happened. You came back. Yeah, I, I I suppose I always wanted to do my own business from a very young age, and because that's what you can do in the restaurant business. But then I joined Hyatt International and worked with them, and loved thought I'd get some more experience working with them. And then I went and opened um, Mezzo with Des and Terence. And actually, the exciting part of working in um, Conan restaurants in those days is that the empowerment that one had, you could actually, it was like your own business. You're running your own business and the DNA of, of, of the, the culture of the company was to do that and it still is. But then um, I grew up in the, in the company then and became development director and I think I had more jobs than anyone else in the company, kept changing my title. So then I um, went along and joined Jeremy King and Chris Corbin and opened the Wolseley and then I think it was a while later that uh, Des said, why didn't you come? You know, we talked and, and uh, would do this uh, management buyout, which was incredibly exciting. Who could say no to that? Indeed, who could say no to that? And you're going to hear lots more about that bias itself and what happened next. Stay with me here on Jazz Shapers. Time for some music right now. And this is aptly The Best Is Yet To Come from Nancy Wilson. Out on the tree alive, I just picked me a plum. That was Nancy Wilson with The Best Is Yet To Come. Des Gunnar-Wardner and David Lowe, my business shapers, the founders of the D&D International, I hasten to add, group of restaurants and hotels. We were talking just earlier, both of you, about before it all happened and the coalescing of the two of you and almost being brought together. And I, I've heard that story before, Des, in terms of the person who's been running the business, whose business it is, the, you know, the um, eponymous here, if you like, in the business, saying, actually, I'm not, it's not for me, but I can see a way through. And very generously saying, I think you should take this on, but I'm not going to do it. When you realised that for both of you, that opportunity was there, and then you had to raise the money, I imagine, to, to do the management buyout, was that, looking back now, still the most exciting thing that's happened to you? or of many, many things that's overtaken that in terms of emotional power? Yeah, it was the most exciting, for me, the most exciting um, thing that we did, you know, in, in terms of, you know, creating that and, uh, and making that happen. Uh, but what was, what was interesting about the buyout was it wasn't really a conventional buyout where you have a big company saying, OK, I've got Terence saying, look, I've got Des, who's the CEO, wants to buy the company, so let's go and talk to hire advisors and... You know, talk to a lot of investment banks it, uh, and then have beauty parades. It was really a shake hands deal. It was a shake hands deal between Terence and myself on the 
price at which, by, which we bought the restaurant business. And it was actually a shake hands deal uh, between uh, the HBOS guys. In fact, I'd known Peter Cummings in, in the old days. And uh, we, we, I said, look, come in, there's this opportunity, and I want to do this. And um, if you put a deal to us, which we think is, is fair, we'll do it. We won't spend months and months and months negotiating and, and yeah. it was very straightforward and, and very nicely done. and Kind of old-fashioned in a way, I mean, that, and that sounds good and that sounds like, there's, as you said, the trust of, of the handshake. Was there doubt at the same time, both of you strike me as confident and now very successful in your own right people, but was there a little small doubt in both your minds going, well, we've said we've wanted this, so Terence thinks we can do it, C- can we really do it? I mean, David, did you ever experience that? Was there complete belief? No, because we were doing it before. Des and Terence and I were working together before. So, I mean, in fact, Terence was taking more of a back seat. So I'm not saying it was more of the same. It's incredibly exciting and meant, you know, now we can change. The, you know, let's work on the culture, who we're, who we're bringing into the company, what chefs are coming into the company. And it was down to us. However, the way that I worked with Des and Terence before, and we all worked together, it was, it was a massive change, except... Terence, um, I think, I think it's probably more of a more of a perception from outside the company that it was a okay. it was a massive change because fact, his name's so big. I mean, he is, he's a yeah, and, and I think that I think there's an assumption that when you have a big name like Terence Conran, that Terence Conran must be making all the decisions and he must be running the company. But the, the reality was was that that was really not the case. He was very involved in the design, but the management of the business. I was I'd been CEO for over ten years, so I was really running the company. Obviously, working closely with Terence, particularly on the design side, but I was running it. So, so if, if, the, if the question is, well, were we worried as to whether or not it was going to work? The answer is really no, because we felt that we were running the business anyway. Uh, there was certainly, I think, there was, a, there was a feeling from outside the business that it could go either way. Either there's mm-hmm. going to be a really new energy and there are going to be changes in the way the Conran restaurant business is, is run. Uh, and it could it could be a change for the better or it could be a change for the worse. But actually, did we have the confidence that we'd make it a success? I think absolutely we did. And we went on straight on to um, to open Skylon. And that was our big opening after the... Yeah, uh, yeah. The and actually what happened from... immediately after the buyout was we went through a period of quite a rapid expansion. expansion. We, we opened Skylon. Uh, we opened uh, we opened restaurants in Tokyo. Opened restaurants in Copenhagen. So we went in a in a so it wasn't like oh we bought the business and let's we stay quiet didn't do very much. Mm. We went straight into expansion. And then of course we ran into 08 mm. and Lehman's and so on. So we we um, held back. Uh, a we bit. held back a little bit yeah. to make sure that the whole world didn't end and uh, uh, and then carried on after that. Stay with me for more from my business shapers, uh, Des and David, the D and the D in D&D London, the, um, the international restaurant and hotel group. Uh, ladies, travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom for your business uh, from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Hello, my name's Alison Levitt QC. I am the head of the business crime group and a partner at Mishkondorea. Fraud is one of the biggest risks that any company can face. One of the things that surprises me is that many firms don't appear to see fraud as as big a risk factor as it is generally accepted that it is. The UK economy alone, never mind the worldwide economy, loses billions of pounds every year through fraud. If you translate that worldwide, it's not just the economic loss that matters, but actually the knock-on effect in terms of other things. There are, for example, fewer mosquito nets in parts of Africa because money gets diverted through fraud. 
founders of the D&D group, came out of Sir Terence Conran's portfolio of restaurants. But as you've been hopefully hearing earlier, Des has been the CEO, was the CEO in that group for many, many years. And in a way, as the gentleman was saying, things kind of carried on as they were before uh, and actually then grew very, very fast. I just want to talk about the partnership between you because it's not quite that you finish each other's sentences, but there's obviously trust. Um, there's understanding. You don't think either of you is going to undermine the other. There's no. It strikes me immediately, and one would assume that from, from the business success. Do you both have the same um, understanding of the word ambition? Did it mean very similar things to you back then, and does it now, David? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, um, we've both got a vision together, and we share that. And it's to, to grow the company and do exciting things. It's not just to grow for the sake of growing. It's like the, insp- the excitement and inspiration of taking an amazing building and putting life back into it. We were both very, very excited about going back into the hotel business. I came from the hotel business. Des and I, we did the Great Eastern Hotel many years ago. And then to do South Place. And then now from there to, to grow and to get the right people around us to carry on growing. So there's always an excitement there together. And, and we both share that vision and, and passion to grow quality and grow the right businesses to grow the company. Now, obviously, Sir Terence is known for his aesthetic, for his, mm. his design look and feel. What's yours? You've alluded to, David, the sort of quality piece um, and a vision of rebuilding things and creating something. In your own words, Des, what is mm. that creation? What is that vision beyond the numbers? Because numbers are a function mm. of mm-hmm. you guys both mm-hmm. having that vision. What would you, how would you I capture think, it? I think the, you know, when you've worked, Conrad was a, Terence Conrad was a principally a designer, uh, and a retailer even before he was a restaurateur. And so design in terms of business and my, and my personal life is, you know, is, is a very, very important part of, of how I feel about things. So good design continues um, to be one of the driving forces of, 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 of what we do as D&D in the, in the way that it was in the, in the Conrad days. I think the other thing about in terms of my, me personally, uh, I've worked with Gerald Ronson, I was a financial strategist in in that business, and I was a um, financial planner in the glory days of, of Ronson in the in the in the eighties. That's where I cut my teeth in terms of learning how to do business. Uh, and property is something that I've had a uh, an interest and some sort of expertise in, I guess, over, over the years. And critical part of the restaurant business. It's I mean, abs- fundamental, abs- yeah. absolutely critical. And actually, we as restaurateurs, far more than design, the projects we take on are often property-led, they're interesting buildings. So we're opening uh, our next big project is the German gymnasium in King's Cross. Now, why are we doing it? Most restaurateurs would run a million miles away from that building. It's 13,000 square feet. It's uh, it's a listed building. It's old. It's it could, could be potentially very complicated, but that's exactly the project that we love. And so the, 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 the drive and passion for the business obviously is in you know, food. We're, in, we're big, big into food and big into wine, uh, as, all, as, as most good restaurateurs are. But for me personally, that property and taking an old building and bringing it to life with great designers is very much the absolute DNA and, and USP, if you like, uh, of us as a business compared with you know, some other comparable restaurant companies. 
Stay with me for more from my excellent business shapers today, Des and David, the D&D founders. Time for some more music. This is Jeff Bradshaw on Trombone Shorty with New Orleans Groove. Jeff Bradshaw and Trombone Shorty with New Orleans Groove. Des Gunnar Wardner and David Lowe, my business shapers, have been talking about all sorts of things, design aesthetics and partnerships and, and the importance of property in this business that, that you work in. As you look forward to developing your business, David, are there obvious challenges that are different now to the ones that you encountered when you first took the business over properly? And if so, what are they? Yeah, I mean, the, the world of restaurants and hotels in London is evolving so fast and so exciting and so many different things are going on. Much more competition yeah, now much than there more, was. Yeah, more competition, but that's not a bad thing. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, attractive, making London a destination. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm concentrating on London at the moment, but that's making a destination of people coming here and talent coming here, chefs coming back here, managers wanting... To, everyone wants to work in London because it's such a dynamic city. So, yeah, there are challenges. There are always challenges of getting the right people to help us work in these new, mm. exciting uh, businesses and attracting the best. But a challenge is a good thing. Yeah. Is there a challenge now? You've, um, I believe there was um, an investment round. You have a different partner now, LDC, the private equity house. Has that made a fundamental difference or no difference or somewhere in the middle in terms of the way you operate the business? I don't really think it's, it's made much of a difference in terms of how we operate the business. They are, as with our previous private equity investors, and Conrad actually retained a stake after our first uh, first buyout. Not anymore, though, is that? Not anymore. Not anymore. So okay. Conrad has no, no, no remaining stake in the business. I don't think it's made a difference in terms of how we manage the business. Uh, I, think the, uh, I think what has been a big difference... Uh, since the buyout, is that the economy has improved mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the financial markets uh, have suddenly changed massively. Uh, they've become, in, 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 back in three or four years ago, it was very difficult to you know, get finance to expand your business, whereas now it's changed completely. And the economic climate in terms of, uh, of eating out, people eating out, uh, we've gone into what we think is a is a pretty good period. Now, who knows what will happen after the election and so on, but certainly we've had a couple of very good years. But in terms of the, how we manage the business, uh, I think we're probably, well, we definitely are more ambitious and expansive than we were three or four years ago, but I'm not certain that that's due to LDC yeah. uh, coming on board. They're, they're great investors. They're very ambitious alongside us, but I think we've become more ambitious as we've seen how our uh, how our restaurants and, perfor- and, and hotel are performing and as we see the opportunities that are, that are available to us. Final chat come up with Des and David plus a classic track from Ella Fitzgerald. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
that was Summertime from Ella Fitzgerald. And actually, that's the song choice of David Lowy, my business shape, one of my business shapers today, because we're going to have two song choices. Um, how lucky they are and how lucky we are, too. Um, we've been talking about all sorts of things. Um, and what I want to just ask you as we, we draw to a close, you've obviously built this business successfully. It looks on the surface of it. Revenue goes up, margin goes up, vision intact, culture intact. There must have been bumps along the way. When there are... Do you look to each other? And if you do, are there other people that you bring into the inner circle as well? Have you had enough support? Because people often say it's very lonely running a business. I hear that a lot. What is it? How is it for you, David? How has it been for you? No, I don't think it's a lonely business because it's a people business at the end of the day. And we have, yeah, of course, there are bumps along the way. But that's the excitement of this business. People say, how on earth can you work in the restaurant hotel business? You're so reliant on people. It's the challenge. Every single day is different. And of course, there are bumps and there are challenges and there you know, you, you, you're running a great restaurant and the chef leaves. Well, it's a challenge. We have to either try and make them stay or, you know, I mean, there's always, there's always a challenge along the way, but that's the business we're in. One of the questions um, that, that strikes me, you have a business and it has scale. You've got 28 restaurants, and, and yet you want to retain this independent culture, if you like, for each of the restaurants. I look at the restaurant business, and many you, you said, David, you know, many people think, well, how can I do that? They think it because it's a really hard, relentless, 24-7 all sort of, and there's all those issues with people. Is it only possible to be super successful if you've got scale in the restaurant business, or can the, the lone independence still make it? Well, of course the lone independent can still make it. Uh, we were very successful when we had one restaurant because that restaurant was profitable. And, um, you know, if you decide you just own one restaurant, two or three restaurants, you can make a very, very nice living. Thank you very much. Um, but your systems behind, your, your, your bulk buying ability, all those other things, the HR structures that you put in place, all those things must help save. Yeah, I think as you grow, the things you can do better, yes, the obvious things are you're buying more so you can drive better deals and so on. But I think the, the other thing which is quite important is when you grow, particularly the way that we've grown and grown in, in London, but also in Paris, New York and Tokyo, you just have a lot more knowledge and expertise so when we decide okay here's a here's a building what, what are we going to do in that building we're talking about developing concepts which are coming out of stuff that we've already done yeah. but there are also things which come out of what david and i and other people in our business who we're sitting around it's not just like the two of us we've no, got sure. groups of people uh have seen working in maybe in tokyo or maybe in new york and so it's i think your creative powers really and it might be a little bit counterintuitive because a lot, a lot of people say, well, big companies, the problem with big companies is they're not very imaginative mm-hmm. uh, and, and they don't have great ideas. The scale that we're at, I mean, let's be clear, we're not the size of Compass. You know, we're a 100 million turnover company. We're not, we're not a multi-billion pound company. I still think of ourselves as a small company. And I think that another important question is how do you, as you go from two or three restaurants, a lot of people say to me, well, look, how can you possibly be as good with 30 restaurants as, uh, as you were when you were three? And it's all about developing culture and people uh, who are buying into that culture. It's a very management intensive business. Our challenge is to have around us a group of people who were doing what we were doing 10, 15 years ago, and who are doing it in the same way, as well or better than us. And that is the absolute be-all and end-all of our ability to grow, or our ability to have grown from 10 to 100 million, and on the next day to grow from 100 million to 200 million. It makes perfect sense. Just before I ask your song choice, Des, uh, one last question. Is there joy for both of you in the business still? And if so, what's driving the joy? What makes you happy, David, in the business? Going into a restaurant and feeling the buzz and energy having a fantastic meal 
and being really proud and, and looking at happy customers around us, you know, people really saying, wow, I love that restaurant. And that can happen every day. Yeah. Brilliant. And does for you? I think I think really the same. And, and I think the uh, it's also great when... Um, when people say things like, oh, I went to, for example, Quaglino's. We've just relaunched Quaglino's, uh, an iconic restaurant, and it's been a huge success. And when people email me and say, oh, I went to Quaglino's last night and we had a fantastic dinner, what a great buzz, that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you both so much. Um, I've really enjoyed meeting you. Just before I let you go, Des, because we've had David's, <laughs> what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Well, I've, I've uh, chosen a song called um, a Clean Up Woman from Betty Wright, uh, which isn't uh, really jazz, it's more blues, but it's a, it's, a, it's a song that maybe not many people know, but it's absolutely one of the great dance songs of all time, in my view. I absolutely loved it when I was in my 20s and 30s. Occasionally play it now. People look at me as if I'm crazy when I say, your, what's your, one of your favourite songs? And I said, Betty Wright's Clean Up Woman. She said, what the hell's that? But, but I love it. Fantastic. Both of you, thank you very much. Here it is. It's Betty Wright with Clean Up Woman. from Betty Wright, the song choice of one of my business shapers today, Des Gunnawardena. Alongside David, his partner, they were two super impressive people, focused, clear about what they want to achieve, critically understand the importance of people in their plans to grow their business. Fantastic stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place, 9am next Saturday here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers. In the meantime, don't go anywhere. Stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.